0: today, two guests, Pau Gasol against the Redeem team. The new doc is out. We're going to talk about the trade of the Lakers, the Kobe story. So a lot of fun with Pau Gasol and Deontay Wilder. A heavyweight fight this weekend, where his career is at, the Fury stuff. So a lot of fun talking with him. And we're also going to give you our worst takes and life advice. This episode is brought to you by Buy. It's Wonder Water. So I was wondering what made Buy so great. And it's actually pretty simple. Buy has antioxidants, electrolytes, and no artificial sweeteners. And the flavors are delicious. For me, it has to be Bi Zambia Bing Cherry. So for flavorful hydration, choose Bi. It's Wonder Water. Learn more about Bi and discover all of the exotic, bold flavors at drinkbi.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Five dollars doesn't get you what it used to get you. I asked for change the other day. The guy gave me back four. Introducing Arby's new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps. In your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. Ever heard of it? You can't taste it, but boy, is it sweet. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. Netflix documentary, The Redeem Team. On the 2008 men's USA team, Uh, they played Spain in the final. And Pau Gasol joins us, who was the best player on that team, was the 2006 MVP uh, for the international play prior to the Olympics. So, Pau, you have this resume. Uh, You know the league. You've been in it a bunch of years at this point. You know the American side is pissed off about what's happened in the past. What was the lead up like for you and your teammates asking you about what to expect?
1: Um, I mean, every, every championship is different, right? And uh, we understood that the USA team wasn't on, on its own mission, but we are ours as well. Um, so uh, we were focusing on us for the, for the most part, understanding what it took to give ourselves a chance. Um, and um, we were in a good moment uh, coming off that as you said, that uh, winning the world championship in 06. Um, and we fell short in 07 at home uh, in the finals in the European Championship against Russia. And now here we, here we were uh, at Olympic Games. Um, you know, we, we got hit pretty good by them in the, in the group, uh, which put us, put us, you know, on, in our place, but at the same time gave us a chance to said okay, this is, this is where, we, where they are, and this is where we are. So, um, so once we had a chance to meet them again in the finals, I think we were better prepared physically and mentally um, to face that moment and give ourselves, like I said, give ourselves a chance. Um, it, was, uh, it was a great battle. Um, we were able to, I think, play one of the most um, attractive and fun games to watch in the history of, of the game especially internationally and, um, and, uh, and yeah. And, and then the whole, obviously this, this documentary kind of doesn't just, doesn't just talk about that game. Obviously there's, there's a process and I think that's, it's great to see, uh, that they kind of covered all that, uh, from, from O four, four, but even before, I think, you know, they, they didn't talk much about the O two 2 also team that, that lost the world cup as well at home in Indianapolis. Um, but obviously this is kind of like the, also the process of of that young core of LeBron, Carmelo, D Wade, uh, how they kind of start their their process and how they kind of get thrown into the mix in now 4 uh in the, into that Olympic team at the last minute because some of the players um didn't, I guess, didn't wanna participate in that in that tournament. And then all of a sudden, the, their journey starts, right? And uh, and then 06, how they fall short. Maybe Greece break, plays a great game in the semis and knocks them out. And now, hey, 08 comes along. Well, I think 07 is very important because how this whole approach of coming together as a team, spending those 30 days in Vegas as a team together, developing the chemistry, developing the relationships within the team. Uh, obviously, Kobe's uh, commitment. Into uh, to the team at that point, not in 08, but in 07, there's just a lot of, a lot of uh, important factors and details uh, for that team to turn it around and become Olympic, Olympic uh, champions um, in 08 and then in 2012 as well later on.
0: The clip that's made the rounds is the audio and video from Kobe in an interview. Where he wants to set the tone in the first game, where Team USA smokes you guys by almost like forty points, and he says, "Quote: I'm running right through Powell's fucking chest." What's that been like? Both, you know, in the moment and reliving that moment now, as everybody has heard and seen the quote.
1: I wasn't, I wasn't surprised by it. You know, uh, I knew, I knew he was, uh, he was going to set the tone. Uh, I didn't mind him getting an offensive foul. Um, you know, and getting hopefully getting into foul trouble uh as they did, as he did in the in the finals. I think he picked up two quick ones as LeBron did. Um unfortunately they loaded. So D-Wade kind of picked up the slack and, and played a great game for him. But um, but yeah, it, it's kind of um interesting. I guess visually, it's um uh, I've had multiple friends that texted me. It was like, holy shit. <laughs> it was like yeah holy shit uh, but it wasn't like you know it's just he was just setting the tone and he, he was sending a message to his teammates uh it's like this is this is how serious this is this is how i approach it this is how we all need to approach it um and uh, i'll do whatever it takes to win this game and he knew i was a head of the snake uh in my team and also, taking into account that we were teammates at that point with the Lakers, and we just were just coming off losing that finals, those finals against the Celtics in 08. Um, but uh, we were very close, and we were getting closer, and our our, our really friendship started to you know to really develop. Uh, at that point, we felt like we were already very close. So, uh, so for him to do that, it was just how he approached the game. I think it's interesting. Uh, and the message that it, that it sent to his teammates, and that's why LeBron also says in the message, "Oh, oh, oh shit! Like okay, we're beating, we the shit out of Spain today, um, and and they did. You know, they they blew us out in that first game. Luckily, it was a group uh, game, um, but it also you know prepared us as like, oh, okay, this is this is what it's going to be about, and uh, we have to be ready.
0: You're traded to LA from Memphis in two thousand eight. And at that point, we realized, okay, this guy is a terrific player. And I still think when you came out of the draft, people not knowing who you were, biased against any of the international players, but at this point, it's established. And I had been covering the league now for a few years, gone to camps, had a few contacts. And what I remember from that deal is that you ending up in LA for the package that came back, which we'll get to a little bit later, people were pissed. They weren't just mad that they felt like the Lakers ripped you off. It was more so that they felt like Memphis didn't let everybody else know that you were available. What do you remember about the lead up to that trade to LA?
1: Interesting. I mean, uh, th- surprising because uh, the year a year before, I, I was I talked to ownership and management to Jerry West and uh, Michael Heisley at the time. He was the owner of the Grizzlies, saying that uh, you know I wasn't happy with how the direction of the team was going. It was weird timing because Michael. Dr. Uh, Mr. Heisley was in the process of selling the team and he wanted to sell the team and we want, he wanted to get out so he didn't really want to invest in a team where the next owner would have to have certain I guess baggage let's say or a situation that was compromised let's say financially uh, so he wanted to make it the most possibly attractive from a financial standpoint but at the same time, Uh, we, you know, we traded Shane Batty, we traded Mike Miller, we traded a bunch of players and we, we just got young again, you know, five years, six years into my, my, my timing career in Memphis. So I was like, well, this is the direction we're going, you know, I'm at a point where I want to be in a much more competitive environment and have a chance, uh, potentially fight or contend for a title. So I, that year before, I've already expressed that, and it was out. I, was, I mean, I was getting booed uh, in Memphis. It was, it, was, it was pretty open. They leaked it, that the, those private conversations, they were out. And so, you know, I wasn't happy where we were, where we were at. Uh, that year, I didn't get traded. And the next year, it's when it happened. So I, I'm shocked that, that all teams should, would know and should know. And if they didn't, they, didn't, they just weren't paying attention. What, what I do remember is that a lot of teams were upset that uh, the, see, the trade didn't seem fair, that it made the Lakers so much better. There you go. the Lakers getting a favorable deal. There you go, you know, the Lakers benefiting. And uh, you know all that Laker hate and envy uh, and jealousy kind of uh, arise at that point, right? So but they didn't obviously they didn't see how how Memphis really benefited from that trade and I think it showed off. A couple of years down the line, and how they were able to have an incredible team uh, with my brother, obviously that not many people knew about at the time, and uh, and the ability to to pick up Zach Randolph and build build a, a really good team that got to the conference finals a year against the Spurs. So, uh, so again, um, you know that's what I remember. To me, I was shocked. I was surprised. I didn't expect it at that time. I was like, sort of, oh, well, I guess I'm gonna be here. You know, for now and for for a long time, um, but my life and my career changed at that moment. Yes.
0: When your brother was in the deal, for a lot of people, it was like, "Wait, he's his brother." Like, "Oh, this this big guy that's just around." What did you know about your brother, and ultimately, like who he would become as a player?
1: Yeah. So I I knew, I knew because I uh, kept telling uh, the GM of the Grizzlies that that, that year. Well, even before. Or the draft, or at the draft, I was like, "You have to get my brother Mark. You have to get because I I was expecting he was expecting to go late round. He didn't, and it was a long night because we watched the draft live together. Uh, We were in Spain, and uh, he got picked. I think forty-seven. I think if I'm not uh, if I remember correctly. So, uh, so I was like, "Oh man, we got we got to get we got to get his rights." So I told him then. He wouldn't do it. Uh, then, then the season started in Spain. He started playing really well. He took it. He took a huge step forward that year, and he was. He got. He ended up being the MVP of the of the season of that year. Uh, so I'm like, every day I was telling him, you see, or every weekend that they would play, I told the GM. It's like, do you see? You see the game? Did you see my brother play this weekend? I was I would kept telling him like, you can you still get try to get, trade for him? And uh, and he kept. You know, believing that he wasn't just a, a brother being biased, saying, oh, you know, I want my brother here. Uh actually look at this great player and how he's evolving and the potential that he has. Uh, and then um, so. So the funny thing when he told me that I was traded in his office uh, is uh, like, oh, we traded you to L.A. But I was still I, I didn't register. <laughs> Nothing was really registering at that moment after I heard the world that I was traded, uh, and he tells me all these names, and and you know the funny part, and your brother Mark is also on the trade. And I'm like, oh, but that's I don't see how that's funny. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't I was laughing. I'm like, it was, no, there's no, and he always said like the irony, the irony of it. I'm like, oh, it's, it's not really ironic. You know, you should have done this. Way before, but, you know, some things, timing, it's funny how it works and things happen when they need to happen. And, um, and it happened at, at the time that it needed to happen. Uh, and now I think we're the only two brothers that have ever been traded by, for each other or in the trade, you know. Uh, so that's another kind of fun fact.
0: <laughs> the other thing that I always thought was weird about that trade is that if you look at the Lakers prior to you getting there, they missed the playoffs, lost in the first round, lost in the first round. And then you make it to the NBA Finals, win a title, win a title. So granted, some other pieces were fit into the process here. But in 2008, all of a sudden, it's a completely different team from what it had been the previous three years. So I feel like you don't get enough credit for it. It's kind of looked back at as, well, it was Kobe and there was all these other guys. How do you think back to the years of
1: what you meant to turning the Lakers around? Well, thank you, Uh, thank you for that. Uh, I I did feel like, to me, it was such an incredible opportunity, Uh, and I was, you know, a great fit uh, for for that team. I was kind of, you could say, the missing piece uh, on that system with Phil and his staff. The triangle putting me in the post where I could uh, maneuver and facilitate, Uh, and then I was so hungry at that time and obviously Kobe also helped get me on that mindset of like okay we're here you're here let's go let's go do this let's go win a championship from the first from the very first day that I landed in Washington DC and I got to the hotel and I saw him at 1:30 a.m. in my room that he came to my room to make sure that I knew right away that we were going to win a championship so wait when you got traded
0: you had to meet up with him on the road, and Kobe was in your room.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, he's not waiting for me in the room. I you know he's. I I land around midnight because I had to go to L.A. to do my physical. Uh, the team is on the road, and they happen to be in Washington, so I fly from L.A. I don't know, let's say three or two p.m. to Washington D.C. You know, it's a five I don't know, five hour flight with three hour time change, so I land around midnight. Then around that. And then I have to do interviews with the media, the, the, all the media that follow the, the team as soon as I arrive. And Kobe was texting me, like, let me know when you get to the hotel. I'm like, you, you sure you want to, you know, you can get some rest. You have a game tomorrow at noon. You know, you sure you want to, you know, we'll see each other at breakfast. i like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm coming to your room. Just let me know when you get to your room. I'm like, okay, all right, well, I got to do this media. I was like, well, all right, it's, it'll be, it might be late. I was like, don't worry about that. Just let me know when you get to your room. It's like okay, so I, I'm in my room. Two minutes later, he's in my room <laughs> at around one, 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 one thirty in the morning. Uh, and just to tell me, he's like, hey, I'm so excited that you're here. But now let's let's go win a championship, you know. And he will look at you like in a way that you know, he was very serious, very direct, very sincere. There's no room for like, is he joking? Is he like, no, no, he's that serious? And that's what you see also in the Redeem team how. It, competitive how oh, seriously he took it and why made him what made him so great
0: one of my favorite stories about kobe's from phil jackson one of his books which helps you really understand kobe and it's a pretty good lesson in there and that phil is basically telling kobe you're wasting your time trying to get your teammates to this level that you're at like whatever your 10 is is just it's make believe to your teammates your 7 is their 10 they don't there is no 11 for them and the sooner you accept that the happier you're going to be with this. And I don't know that it ever really got through to Kobe. I saw plenty of games where both, you know, you and he were going at each other. What was that like to be around something that was such a driving force and hoping everybody else was at the same level of him for all the years you were teammates? I
1: think, you know, he was very demanding as as you know but he understood whatever that best was from his teammates he needed to reach it he needed to try to get out of get get that out of us you know uh if we were used to let's say you know sometimes you you feel like you're doing your best and you feel like you're working hard but you're not really working hard you know because you could work a lot harder you can put a lot more into it and he put a lot of, a lot into it that most players, you know, again, you see it also in the redeem team when the team goes out and he when everybody's coming back from hanging out, he's with his gear ready to go and hit the weight room at five in the morning, right? So his commitment, his ability to do that, because not not everyone, you know, I tell him, I need my I need my rest, I need to sleep in order to function. I can I can't function if I don't sleep. <laughs> so, but he trained himself, I feel like, um, to, to be able to push his body, um uh, to a, a limit that most people didn't, uh, or couldn't, or was it or weren't willing to do, you know, cause you feel like you can, but, but can you, you know, have you really tried it? You know, I, I mean, I didn't try waking up every day, right. Uh, at five in the morning to see if I could actually get that into, make that a routine. Um, but, you know, and I think that the year, I don't know if you remember, so the year that Russell and uh, and James Harden played at a, you know, they were fighting, they were both got like MVPs those years. It's because they hung out with Kobe and then all of a sudden they started working out at five in the morning too and they started pushing them. You know, it, it takes that type of commitment to be that great. Um, are you willing to do it? That's what it comes down to, right? Are you willing to, make that a priority and put everything else aside. Um, Because even as I was reading this book this morning from my friend Ryan Holiday, it's like even the great players could have been much greater. Um, You know, if they uh, actually put a little more effort and put a little more into it. Um, So again, I think he he did a good job pushing us. He set the example. Now it's up to you to follow him uh and and earn his respect. And I think if he saw that from you, because he needed all of us to be the best version of ourselves. Uh and he did it in his own way. And how you see Michael doing it his own way at the last dance with the Bulls, you know, he, you know, he did it his own way. And uh and I think he was successful. And I was I think one of the things that, you know, he was when we won those championships, and we had that, those, those three straight finals. You know, it was, it was great to see, and it was great because he set the tone, and, and we all kind of followed.
0: Pau Gasol, going to be in the Hall of Fame one day, and the man behind that successful 2006 Spanish team and in the finals against Team USA, Redeem Team, out in Netflix.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Start the NFL week
0: off right with a no-sweat same-game parlay every Thursday from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account every Thursday night. You get free bets back if your NFL same-game parlay doesn't hit. Same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. All right, we worked one out here with Chicago and Washington. Here is the play. Washington plus one. Chicago isn't good. The under 37 and a half because Washington and Chicago aren't very good. Let's try to double our money on the payout here. So we'd be looking at Justin Fields 200 plus yards. It'd be awesome if there was a Justin Fields 12 attempts over under. Um, If you place a same game parlay on Washington plus one, the under 37 and a half, Justin Fields is plus 182 for over 200 yards. You add it all up, $100 wager is $227. So there you go, and that's the play. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. However you want to play, you could bet the NFL every Thursday night with a no-sweat same-game parlay. Honestly, you probably want to bet it, because of the way Thursdays have gone. And with FanDuel's new live same-game parlays, you can continue building same-game parlays even after the game has started. Just sign up with the promo code RYAN, R-Y-E, and if you don't already have an account, that's promo code RYAN to get free bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. They're going to refund you. It's their money, and they want you to take it. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in select states. Three plus legs minimum. One dollar bet required. Refund issued with non withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after receipt. Max free bet five dollars. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. For those that have been patiently awaiting to see Deontay Wilder back in the ring, we will see him coming up very shortly. October 15th, Barclays Center in Brooklyn, a WBC heavyweight semifinal eliminator against Robert Hellenius, uh, somebody he's very familiar with. So, uh, man, 14 plus years of doing this. Uh, where are you at right now as a
2: fighter? I'm uh, Mentally, I'm, I'm in a great place. You know, I, I've been telling people that I've, I've been soaking in my happiness and my peace. And um, you know, it, it feels good to uh be entering in the ring again, uh, um to um, display my my greatness amongst the world again. You know, um it's been amazing time been able to uh have time spent with the with with my family and my loved ones, you know, different trips and um, doing different activity with the kid, you know. Uh, the business of boxing, it can take a, a big gap of your life. Um I think due to the, the, the due to that it is a uh, worldwide uh, business and it's a year round, it's a year round as well. So, you know, it's a jealous business and it don't allow you, it don't want you to do anything else but to train and and prepare um, for the next task at hand. But, you know, all is good here. I've overcome so many things I've accomplished so much and, um, and, um, it's just been good, you know, like I said I'm I'm happy and I'm at peace.
0: What's it like going up against somebody you have so much experience with like Robert who you've sparred with for so many times?
2: Uh, it's going to be challenging. You know, I'm definitely not looking looking um past them. You know, I always say I look through my opponents but never past them. Um I think it's going to be an amazing fight while it lasts, you know, uh um to have another Guy that you've been sparring with for years, you know, and to be able to have to challenge him, and it's kind of exciting to me because, you know, sparring is one thing, but uh, you know, being able to compete with each other is another thing where it counts, you know, where the lights and camera and action, you know, I, I'm used to that part where it's big arenas where there's a lot of people and stuff like that. Uh, I don't think Robert is familiar with that space, so it's gonna be different for him in that point of view. But as far as challenging him, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a fun, fun, fun task to try to figure each other out because we know each other so well. And um, I tell people if they think because we know each other and we're, we're, we're friends and and we've been sparring each other and they think that the fight is not going to be, you know, uh, entertaining. I, I tell them uh, to grab your tickets because I'm going to put you on the edge of your seat. You don't know what's going to happen. But when it happens, boom, baby, good night. You know, I can turn it off and on. I'm the type of fighter that I know how to turn it off and on just because I know you or whether you're a relative to me or whatever. When it's time to compete and, and, and do a job, I get the job done.
0: You're one of the most exciting heavyweights that we've seen. And, you know, what you just said there, uh, I guess it's always surprising to me when people would think, like, oh, there's this relationship. Like, of all the fights that I've ever watched, whether boxing or combat or anything – it's like man as soon as the bell rings a lot of times then it's over and guys are giving each other props and I don't think people understand that mindset that have never had to do it and I know you've talked about being frustrated with the boxing media and I've talked to plenty of athletes who are just frustrated by the media in general but what do you think makes it worse or the disconnect and how much greater it is between the media that covers your sport versus maybe other professional sports and team sports what what is the most frustrating part that you and other boxers
2: share about boxing media Well with boxing media I know uh, for me, in general, um, I know boxing media—they uh, like to be first instead of being correct. You know, they want to—they put things out there and uh, for, for clicks and, and 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 likes, and instead of being uh, uh, correct about a certain thing, you know, that was one of the most thing about it. And then with the, dealing with the business of boxing, you know, a lot of people are never would never ever get in the ring experience what it really feels like to get in there or, or, or to do what we does and uh, and sometimes it's a big problem when they express their opinion because it's all opinion of course but some of them act like they really know what they're talking about you know when they're dealing with the business of boxing and, and and most of the time they're wrong with what they're talking about you know um that's why you know it's a certain respect level for those that have done it and been in there, for those that 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 haven't done it and just haven't done it and just assuming what it would be like or how it would be or what you should and shouldn't do, you know. And uh, but for the most part, I, I stay to myself, man. I don't really get involved with too much, you know, about what people say. I know we're we're uh, as human beings, we're freely to express our opinions and how I, how we feel, you know. And uh, and I take it for that it, for what it is, and uh, I just. For me, um, the truth has set you free on all things. So, you know, I don't worry about what people saying about me or what they think of me or whatever. As long as I'm happy and my family's happy, that's I'm good. That's golden for me.
0: What did you learn after the Fury fights?
2: What I learned after the Fury fights is, is that um, I'm limitless. You know, there's a lot of things that that was out of my control that I had to endure and, and take on. Which I love a challenge. I love I love being able to to uh, uh, take a challenge just to see where I am as a human being and how I am as a king, as a warrior, you know, and um, that's what I learned. You know, um, I'm, I'm limitless to the things that I can do, you know, especially with my, when I put my mind to a lot of things.
0: Okay. But just to like, to ask about like, what, what was it that was out of your control?
2: Um, it's a lot of, a lot of things that I really not could, const- discuss, you know what I mean? A lot of people won't understand what I say about that. And I know that, and, um, I just leave that statement as that those that know, they know what I'm talking about.
0: Understood. How close were you to never fighting again?
2: How close was I? Yeah. I would come to the, I was like maybe, uh, 85% out, you know, I would contemplate, you know, because I don't, I don't, I don't need the business no more. You know, and uh, when you don't need it anymore, is it give you those thoughts like, what are you doing it for? Why, you know what I mean, you the accomplish so much. You the your financial your finances is is amazing. You know, you don't, you know, the only people that was that had a problem of me coming back, they questioned me, is my financial people. They're like, really? what are you doing? Why are you coming back? We built, we built, we built you to a certain status so you won't never ever have to return in the ring again. And it made me feel so good you know, to get a call from my financial people to, to, you know, to display because they care so much of me and um, they, they know what, uh, what, 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 what I expect as far as my finances, where I'm trying to reach and trying to go. And um, we've done an amazing job with, with being able to invest and save and invest and, and, and do, and I've been disciplined, you know, all the way through from starting professional until now. So you know, it's a great feeling to uh, sit on the other end of the other side and say, you know, I don't need the business. Mostly 98 percent of fighters don't have it to show for after 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 the business is over with. The only thing they have to show for is is uh, medical problems, Parkinson's speech impairments. Uh, most of them look like bombs and stuff. And the only thing that people say, oh, that was such and such. he was an amazing fighter. Oh, back in his time, he did this and did that while the promoters and managers are still promoting and managing and still making millions of dollars living in mansions where they can support their kids and their grandkids. But the fighter that produced all the money and the people that have come and put their ass in the seats don't have nothing to show for. So with that being said, although I uh, over, I overcame that and I will be one of few fighters that say I've, 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 I've done what a great job in this uh, business. And, um, I won't I won't have to ever look back again. Plus, I have a statue as well. You know, so that 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 made me feel uh very, very uh good inside because, uh, you know, I'm still young. Most of the time you don't get your flowers until you're dead or almost dead. You know what I'm saying? And uh, they gave me my flowers while I was 36 years young. You know, so all my accomplishments has been set in stone within the statue and they feel amazing.
0: Yeah. I remember, you know, I travel a lot for college football and obviously i had gone to Tuscaloosa quite a bit over the years, just because Mm. that would be one of the places you would go a lot when you cover college football. And I first started hearing about you and it's like, man, you get to check out this dude. And I'm like, okay, all right. You know, that the big right hand, all the knockouts and all the stuff leading up to it. And here you are 36, like you said, and you've got a statue there. So uh, to, to know that, I mean, it just sounds like you're so at peace when maybe so many people are expecting you to be full of rage. And I think yeah. that might be the win, the win that you have. Like I, I've listened to other interviews you've done Deontay and I, man, like, dude, I don't think this guy's full of shit, man. I think he really is at peace in a lot of ways that it's hard for us to understand. We don't know. You don't hear from you.
2: Yeah. You, you hit the, uh, you hit the nail right on the head with the hammer, you know? Um, a lot of, you know, some people may think I'm bullshitting or uh, certain things I say uh being at peace, but I'm a straight up guy. Anyone that knows me and has been around me uh, will tell you Deontay is one of the best. You know what I mean? It, it, to, to love him, is to know him is to love him. And um, I speak my peace. I speak it how it is, especially in the business. I When I look at this, this cruel business, you know, what we signed to do that we so love to do, but... In the end, it's still it's a cruel business. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's it's strictly a business. You know, when I signed up for it, I knew what I what was all entailed in it, and um, you know, I had to I had to deal with whatever came my way with it, you know. But on the other end, you got to know how to balance things out, you know, with your occupation and with your lifestyle, and um, and my lifestyle is not not reckless at all. You know, it's never have been. And uh, I never will be because of by how disciplined I am with myself, with my lifestyle, with my finances, with my uh, with different businesses. I wear many hats. I'm a renaissance man. And um, and when I say I'm at peace and happy, I'm at peace and happy, you know. Uh, and that ain't ha- that don't have nothing to do with finances and all that, because, uh, you know, I can't I come from nothing. You know, I've been poor, so I know what it feels like to be poor. I can survive being poor. And, and, and when you, when you happy in that peace and when you're poor, you ain't really poor, you know, you, you know, your situation may be a status of that, but when you are happy, when you're happy in that peace, it's like living, you can just survive it. You're living, you're happy. You go along with your life. You don't let things wear you down. You don't let uh, emotional garbage pile up, uh, especially when people throw emotional garbage at you, you know, and uh, you just, I mean, life is always good you know, and, uh, that's how it is for me, whether people believe it or not, you know, that's, that's up to them. But, um, they say the truth have set you free.
0: I know you've talked about the plan moving forward where, you know, I, I think that fighters, like, you know how much it sucks, <laughs> but then you kind of miss it. You miss how much it sucks. You're still only 36. I know with this fight, Against Hellenius, that you have other things. I, I know that Usyk's going to be in attendance. Everybody talks about the Joshua part of it. It, it seems like there's kind of a three year plan here for the next stage of your career. So, is there anything that's off the table? A Fury rematch? Like, where where are you right now in your next version of your career? What you expect your goals to be?
2: Yeah, just like you said, you know, it's a lot of lot of uh, big opportunities. There's a lot of big fights. In the future ahead, and um, and then we we're, we're seeing that already. You know, time I come back, you know, what I mean, we're seeing certain things develop and unfold with different fighters. And as you spoke on Usyk, he will be there. And um, and uh, um, from my understanding, uh, Robert is uh, if if he's successful in his fight, he's become the mandatory for Usyk belts. Um, and Usyk will be there. He said he want the winner of this fight. So. You know, um, so it, great, great things is ahead. You know, um, the theory for that, you know, theory for that's never out of the discussion or equation. I mean, you got to understand that this is the heavyweight division. It's a small division, so it won't it won't be uh, it won't be out of the norm that we fight four, five, six, seven, ten times of each other because it's so small. You know, and we can we can all do that. Uh, you know, we can all fight each other over and over and over again because of um, 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 the shortage of fighters that we have in the heavyweight division. But um, at this moment in time, you know, as I've always have um, um, seeked out, I want to fight nothing but the best. You know, um, I say I only have three years left. That's another thing the media always, you know, put out. Like I said, false false allegations about me Stella being correct. They want to be first. You know, a lot of them thought I was miserable or, or thought I was uh, 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 depressed and all that. I'm like, what are you getting this from? Why are you saying all this stuff? You know, I'm, I'm how could I be depressed? All the uh, accomplishments and achievements and, and, and gain that I have gained over these years and I applied them into the right um, um, places in my life. Financially and and, and and all the way around, you know, I got great people around me. I got all my loved ones around me. How, how can I, you know, be any of those things, you know? And uh, it's just a blessing to just be back, you know, in the mix of things, you know, uh, the excitement. You know, without Deontay Wilder, there ain't no excitement in the heavyweight division. And that's just clear, is, is, is plain and clear, you know? And that's one of the reasons why I'm back as well, uh, just getting all the love from different people different fighters, you know, saying, Jeff, you got to come back. You got to come back, you know, and um, it feels good. It feels good. So uh, here I am giving the world three more years of me. And um, I'm looking for the best of the best and giving the fans what they want to see. And um, that's, that's 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 my whole plan for the next three years.
0: The former WBC champ, Deontay Wilder, good luck in Brooklyn this weekend. We can't wait to watch.
2: Uh, man, thank you so much. And I hope you have a
0: wonderful day. This episode of the Ryan Rasula podcast is brought to you by State Farm. All right, football fans, the good neighbors over at State Farm wanted me to let you know that you really don't have to get that personal to get the personal price plan. Seriously, there's no need to tell anyone that you make custom DJ mixes of your team's fight song or that you memorize the choreography to every dance routine of your team's cheerleading squad. Uh, this reminds me about how personal uh, high school football can get. I, you know, I'm from a small town and, uh, couple teammates receiver quarterback quarterback was like cool receiver wasn't playing in uh this huge huge game rival football you know how it is small town high school football and uh the QB throws this ball to the receiver and he drops it right happens not the end of the world but for this guy it was he was obsessed with it went on for like a decade his a father-in-law, like I think he was in banking or something. Uh, his father-in-law was like a fan of the team that they'd lost to. So he reminds the kid that dropped the pass. Like, you know, can't believe you dropped that pass. Worst drop ever. Just haunting, haunting this guy we went to high school with. So he's got a little money. He's in banking. And then the quarterback, whose life like went in a completely different direction, Um, he was in debt. I think he was like head of van company or something. I don't remember. And he convinces him to replay the entire game in front of the entire town. That's how obsessed he was. That's how personal he took dropping that pass was. I don't remember, if, I don't remember what happened when they replayed it. It was everybody was like, what are you guys like for? This is kind of weird. So anyway, uh, that's right. The State Farm Personal Price Plan simply helps you create an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm personal price plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is supported by State Farm. So look, a little rock hit your dude's windshield on the highway. And at first you're like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's just a little mark. Nope. Now by the end of the ride, it's a big crack. And it had been a while. So I check out the State Farm app. I go, hey, this is what happened. And the funny thing is, is, I was like, do I want to go app first or do I call old school guy? Probably should call. It's like, let's check out the app. Not only did it take a minute to get done, they set up the glass replacement. They told me the estimate ahead of time, said, do you want to go ahead with it? And I was like, now I understand it's all in front of me, all done. I don't even have to talk to anybody. That's how efficient This week's installment of Worst Take. Okay, the podium remains. <laughs> this is going to be tough. And we got basketball around the corner, too, so look out. And then the college football playoff stuff. So we're we're due for heat zone here. Uh, the podium again is?
3: Gilbert Arenas 1, uh, Bart Scott 2 with his Chiefs take, and the, the new guy is Charles James. The Daniel Jones is Josh Allen with a bad offensive line.
0: Yeah. And Kyle did not like that. He did not like to replace (laughs) the the Pat Bev, Russell Russell Westbrook, best defensive backcourt in the NBA. Okay. uh, The nominees for this week are.
3: Who wants to go first?
0: I'll go first. Uh, Greeny said that Cooper (laughs) Rush is the MVP.
4: Just doing his job, man. He's just doing his job. Uh,
0: I wish they need to. They seriously need a camera that runs for like 30 minutes in the get-up, pre-show meeting. I would watch that. I would DVR it every day.
3: Um, or, or just people are just throwing fastballs left and right. Green is like, yes, stop. Yeah. No more. We'll do it on the air. Yes, no, stop. We'll do it on the air.
0: Bart Scott, would you say <sighs> the Chiefs are the fourth-best team in the answer? Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> You're just in there. You're fucking hypnotized. You're like, I think Peyton
3: Pritchard could be an all-star.
0: Okay, great. That'll be the B-block.
3: I like to picture like saying, Greeny, like bullying people into takes too. like in the bullying. background. Like you kind of have like a like he has like a lukewarm take. He's like, you know, I'm not really feeling the Chiefs this year. And he's like, Bart, would you say they're going to finish last in the division? Say say it on the air, Bart. We'll say it on the air. Like he's just like pressuring people into saying these things. I kind of love it.
0: Is Greeny the most unlikely bully <laughs> in sports media? It's May- worth Yes. Okay. So I don't know. I, that one's so dumb. I don't even know if we're going to. It's like already busted for PEDs. <laughs> like, it just can't be on the podium. Yeah,
3: somebody's like, you just like, I don't even know what to make. It's so weird. I don't even know what to make of it, you know? Like, okay. Like, he's yeah. the MVP is about to be benched in, like, a week or two.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I assume Greeny was kind of screwing around a little bit. But then on top of that, he's also not better than the other guys that have been better than him this season. So, like, that, if you, we could do the, the other part of it where he's not going to be it because he's going to lose his job. But the other part that's more important to how absurd it is, is there's other guys that are ahead of him. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
4: Uh, I don't think it's even eligible, but we had to it's, throw it in there. It is a good one. Yep. All right. Kyle, you want to go? I'll go. I mean, cause I don't want to be the last thing people hear. I, again, I, you guys are sending me a lot of basketball ones and I will start to entertain those, uh, once I have to, but, um, but right now, it's, it's, I'm trying to stick to football. I'm, just, I'm losing a grip on the football season. You know this is my favorite time of year. Basketball season seems so long. Just want to try to keep it um, as, as close to football as I can. But um, this one, it's more of like, I think it's just the way it was said. I think it's just a bad look. I don't know if it's a, it probably is a bad take, too. But Joe Class said this, I think, yesterday. Maybe it was two days ago. Uh-oh. Football is a physical sport, and there is a risk of injury! Exclamation point. Now there's a it's a whole space on Twitter, which actually you have to work to get that that space between the lines. So making rules to avoid lawsuits while trying to appease soccer moms in order to increase the number of kids playing football is ruining the sport, period. Um, I don't think that's exactly what's going on. But even if that is, I just think that you should have had that one looked over before you fired it off. Yeah, people are people are upset. There's actually a couple people agreeing with him. I don't know. Those people have kids or don't have kids or or what's going on, but it just it just didn't seem like a great way to kick off conversation about one of these topics. I don't think soccer moms are are running I, are running the 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 ref rooms when they're making new rules and
3: stuff like that. I don't think it's if, soccer. If you if you had, had blind me, read that tweet and said who tweeted this, I would have one hundred percent said it was Danny Cano, one hundred percent. He would have said liberal soccer mom. <laughs> Soccer moms,
4: AOC
0: soccer moms, you know, (laughs) uh, I got to be honest with you. I didn't have a huge problem. The soccer mom thing. They didn't need to be in the crosshairs in that one. But I am honestly like every time an NFL guy gets hurt, everybody does their fucking lap of like how dangerous the sport is. And it's the story that everybody tells with no ending.
2: But then that goes away. Now
0: what? And now what? Now what, though? Like, is anything going to be like, it's a dangerous sport, man. It's a dangerous sport some shit's going to happen that's not going to be cool and you know the nfl has no credibility with the way they were so negligent about it for so many years so some people kind of land on that as the justification to continuously question the nfl about it and then the two of things just look fucking bad and yet the investigation into that is that nothing was done wrong except the independent guys fired because of misstep. so i understand the lack of trust and all those different things but i just i don't find holy shit the nfl is
3: dangerous content super interesting fucking soccer mm-hmm. moms get it together gals won't have another cow's watch um mine is so my stuff is, has kind of like evolved into from worst take to just like stuff that irrationally pisses me off um okay. this and is about the magic this
0: one no we did a no. segment <laughs> we had a segment that was called this tweet
4: pissed me off <laughs> yeah.
3: that didn't last too long should bring, should, should bring it back because i mean i i'll have a lot of content um this one I like the guy too, actually. Big, I'm a big Ninja Warrior fan. I don't know if you guys are. I like to watch Always it when happen. I'm like eating dinner and stuff. So our our guy Akbar Gabajibimila, um, who was on, he played for what, for the Packers, I think, right? Yeah, he played for, yeah. He had a couple. He had a good run. Works there. out
0: of my gym, so be careful.
3: No, he seems like a super <laughs> nice guy. Like I like the show. I like the show. Um, but he went on some show called The Talk, um, that I have not heard of. But I think it's The you know. Chew, isn't it? No, it's The Talk. Then there's The View. Okay. It's I think it's like a view spin-off maybe, not sure. Uh not a, not a big daytime TV guy. Anyway, um he posted a video where he was basically complaining on the show about the Devontae Adams situation where if you didn't see it, he shoved like a camera guy after they lost like right after they lost in the tunnel. He just shoved him. It was a dick move. I'm not like super pissed off about it. Like it's not a good look. Do I think he should be suspended? No. But, you know, obviously it's not, it's like who's in the wrong here? Devonte Adams is in the wrong. Uh Akbar basically made the argument that he, he didn't want to take blame away from Devontae Adams, but then he did with the next sentence by saying that they should consider changing the stadium tunnel clearance protocol and that it actually messes up the players when they're all, they're all high off their emotions coming off the tunnel and there are people in the tunnel standing around trying to do their job. And this is like a greater, it's a greater trend, I feel like, in sports, and it goes back to the Draymond thing last week that we were talking about, Ryan, where Whenever somebody does something wrong, like Draymond punches Jordan Poole in the face, okay, he's wrong. But then everybody looks for an excuse to not blame guys like 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 uh, Draymond Green, and it's the same case here. It's like Devonte Adams shoves up like an innocent camera guy. He's wrong, but then it's like, how do we make this not Devonte Adams' fault? And that's yeah. what we do here. And like right. again, it, I, I mean, again, it, maybe it's not the worst take in the world, but it just it just annoys the shit out of me because we have to find all these excuses for all these people to explain why the thing that they did wrong wasn't actually their fault. So I'm going on a little bit of a rant here, but it's another example. And it just just pisses me off. Like, if if you punch somebody in the face, it's your fault. Like, you should punch somebody in the face. If you shove a camera guy in the tunnel, I mean, I don't want to hear all these excuses about, like, why we need to have better tunnel protocol. Like, it's just dumb to me.
0: Well, look, you're playing one of my greatest hits on... Guy does something wrong, who else can we blame? Um and I like Adams. I think his track record is right pretty I've never heard anything. Yeah, about he seems him. like I, a great I, guy. I, I, he fucked yeah, it up. It's like, okay. Yeah. Like, it's okay. He, he pushed a guy and the guy's gonna sue him, hoping to get a check and some settlement because that's what people fucking do and it sucks. And you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't I'd love to figure out this this car storage idea where at the 50 yard line, all the players just get to go into these like flaps that open up and they just go down through there. I mean, look, it sucks <laughs> people throw shit at them going out the tunnels. It was happening to the Raiders at halftime, you know, so maybe they were already heated about that or whatever. Like a bunch of dumb shit happens at football games. Um I guess I'm willing to accept a certain level of it. And even with Adams, like it's not the end of the world. Guys like, shouldn't get suspended for it's it. Not. It's not. Yeah. No. And he's the lawsuits filed so this guy can try to get a check from him, which is, you know, if he's not hurt, uh, what the fuck? You're supposed to write a check for that, but that's the way it works. The one guy's rich, one guy isn't. So you
4: know, yeah. welcome I don't blame to the, world. the guy
3: trying to get a check either. But at the end of the day, could we just? I like, would. I think we know who's at fault here, and that's. Could we just move on?
4: By the way, this is exactly what soccer moms are talking about. This is exactly <laughs> the type of violence that happens during football games that we're trying to get out of the game.
3: Yeah.
4: Is that an O
0: for
3: three podium week? I think so. Yeah. I like where the podium I is. I like where it is. We need more stuff. To I happen. think. I think the greeny one made me laugh the most, but again, I just don't know what to make of that. I don't.
4: I didn't even feel
0: like I was bringing it because it needs to be acknowledged, but I knew like some will be so absurd that you're just like, I don't even know if this is eligible if this guy actually believes it. So there you go. That's where it's taken this week. This episode is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows On over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV, get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. You know what I hate, hate, is after lunch, there's all this time before dinner. I hate it. I'm always like, do I do this? It's like you should. Gain season. Throw in a little something extra. An appetizer that just starts hours before dinner. It just gets so frustrating when there aren't great options. That's where Arby's new two for $5 chicken wraps come in. Available in your choice of ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for that afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Food buddies. Arby's 2 for $5 chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app.
1: You want details? Bye. I drive a Ferrari 355 Cabriolet. What's up? I have a ridiculous house in the South Fork. I have every toy you can possibly imagine. And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So, now you know what's possible. Let me tell you what's required.
0: Life advice, life advice. Rr at com. Okay, boys, uh, let's get to it. This first one definitely struck a chord with me. I have experience with this. Girl living with my parents. What's up, guys? 59160. Just recently got back to being able to bench my body weight after a year of working out, feeling good about it. You should. But need y'all's help with a situation I've got myself into. There's this girl. Let's call her. Josie he really went to the extreme to really come up with a
3: big big blink 182
0: fan yeah Yeah. (laughs) she sounds great all right uh he says he's known most of his life our parents grew up together and thus our families have been good friends though it's in different nearby cities about an hour away so we're not hanging out all the time or anything which I think is good context okay so everybody's friends they've known each other a while but they're not down the street okay so recently, I moved back to the area that she's from. Okay. Uh, and this is a larger southern city. I'm not going to share it, but shout out. Uh, and come to find she's gotten a job in my parents' town. All right. So this guy's living in the southern city. And she is now getting a job, even though from the town that she's from is where he's working. But the more important thing is that she's working in the town that's an hour away from the city. Everybody Does that make sense to everybody? I'm here. Okay, Okay. So Monday to Friday, she is staying with my parents for free and commuting back to the Southern city on the weekends. Glad for her. Thought it was not a big deal. But as I start seeing my parents more and they start asking me about her a lot, all caps, small piece of context, Jesse and I did make out drunk one time at a football game prior to this some years ago, but that was it. Uh, But she hangs out with my parents all the time. And me being single and 31 years old in the Deep South, they are dropping serious pressure asking me to make this happen. She's five years younger than me and definitely very cute. But in our years knowing each other, never felt like it was a good match. Well, granted, if you have known each other most of your life, the family, friends, and all that kind of stuff, you know, when the girl is five years younger than you, then I would say two-thirds of your life you've never thought about her that way. Um, whereas I would imagine if you were 31 and just met a cute 26 year old, I don't think that'd be much of a hang up for a lot of dudes, <laughs> right? I think bear, I think bear. we're all on the same, <laughs> yeah. I think we're all on the same page on that one. Uh, The making out a few years ago, I don't think is a big deal. Well, lo and behold, we go to another football game. Now that I'm back in my town, my parents' friends all have season tickets, and alcohol flows. And she is clearly super into me. We go for a drink for a bit after, and I decided at that time she. Also was worth going for. So yada, yada, yada. We sleep together. Not my best decision. But here we are. A week removed and I'm still not feeling the spark. But now the awkwardness with my parents and her is getting worse. No shit, you think? <laughs> I feel like I need to talk to her but need some advice on how to handle the situation. Should I avoid my parents entirely? Yeah, just just sit, dude. Never talk <laughs> to them again. Problem solved. I'm seriously considering it. Please help. Uh also ps ripping a dart with Kyle is on my bucket list. Dream to make it happen one when- day. Wow. Flatter. Sounds like if you got to go visit this guy. <laughs> he's got somebody to introduce you to Kyle except Kyle is off the market. Okay. Uh You know what actually this isn't exactly the same thing as what happened to me. I I had dated somebody before I don't know like early 20s and then I was back in Vermont and then the girl that I dated that was back home my mother let her move in. So that was the reverse. I'd already dated her. Yeah. And then my mother became like friends with her. And then my oldest sister became friends with her. And then I would come home. And this girl I used to date was living at my fucking house while I was dating somebody else. Oof. And it sucked. Gross. And I was kind of like, hey, you think you're, you know, jamming me up a bit here? <laughs> mom. Like, well, you never come home. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it was like, whatever. And the thing is, my mom just wasn't, she didn't give a shit. Yeah. She was like, whatever. She's cool. oh, she like she did,
3: she she was trying to get you back together. She was just happy that she could She always a wanted to. Us, live.
0: No, she always wanted us to get back together. She wanted okay. me to to date this this person. I went to my dad and we were like on the couch probably watching a Red Sox game. And I was like, "Hey, this kind of kind of sucks for me a little bit." And he just looked at me like the most defeated look ever and just was basically, like, Do "You think I'm wasting a bullet on this argument?" <laughs> you know. That's a and better like, move, yeah. Yeah, no, he just looked at me like, "Are you are you fucking kidding? Like you think I'm going to bat for you on this one, uh, but what really sucked is I was dating somebody you know, for whatever term uh, in my <laughs> for me is is pretty serious. It was one of the more serious ones that I was dating, and I, she was like, "I'd love to go to Martha's Vineyard. I was like, "I would love to bring you, but it's a little Not awkward. A
4: great time right now.
0: <laughs> right. And then she's like, "What are you fucking kidding me? Your ex-girlfriend lives with your parents. I was like, yeah, pretty much. And she was kind of like, well, wait, doesn't, like, are you for it? I was like, I'm not for it. I'm, a- I'm anti it. <laughs> She's like, well, why would they do that to you? I'm like, uh, most of the voters in the House don't seem to care. So I'm out. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, so she kind of was like, it, always, it was always, uh, you know. Anyway, the girl I was dating was really, you know, she was cool for the most part. She didn't like to argue. But that was always something that was kind of like the summer was rolling around and people were making, you know, Memorial Day plans and Fourth of July and shit. And I'd be like, we're going to have to go somewhere else. We can't. <laughs> She's like, you know, I think she even said something like, you know, you date a guy from Martha's Vineyard and you figure, all right, we're going to have a couple cool trips lined up every 12 months. And she had been there before, had spent time there herself when she was younger. So she was like, this is going to be awesome. I was like, yep. Yeah. Maybe we'll go to Maine or something.
3: I feel like this is like the uh, the plot of a Sandra Bullock movie where like she comes back, like you come back home, and Sandra Bullock is living with your parents, totally. and then you bring a new girl in, <laughs> and then like everyone hates the new girl, and then you get back together with the other girl. I'm pretty sure there was one about them in Alaska with Ryan Reynolds. It Sounds about pretty familiar, but yeah, pretty much a that's a rom com waiting to happen.
0: Yeah, I think there's some different variations of it. I don't know I, what was Sweet Home Alabama about. Didn't that guy just rent out the entire? Jewelry store and just say pick whatever You want is that was that his move
3: uh, um, I did I don't remember the movie deta- Like most of the details I do remember that was That was what Reese Witherspoon she was like who a doesn't city, age. Big city girl who moves back yeah. to the small Town on hard times yeah
0: No I think she was small time girl Or small town girl that moved to the big City that's what I'm saying Shuger. she moved back yeah. home
3: or she came Back home yeah and meets a guy flames. From
0: Lehman Brothers <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah but then you know <laughs> Right the, uh, right the construction guy, the ex construction boyfriend who just got his shit together and is a really nice guy. They end up, you know, falling in love. So good for that. Yeah.
0: pretty sure there's a County fair involved or something like that. So yeah, yeah. that's uh <laughs> that was my deal. This is a little different because it's, it's like the reverse. I actually think this is easier to deal with now. Look, uh, you already know you shouldn't have slept with her because you just poured gasoline all over the situation. Too late to go into the old time machine for that. <laughs> it's happened. Uh, people do it and it's, it's kind of funny that you were so determined to, like, not have, like, you, you weren't bothered she was living there. You were fine with it. You're 31, you're single, and you're in the South. Your parents, and this speaks to all of us, you know, any of us that are single past a certain age. I mean, I think my parents gave up finally, but uh, even if my dad are, is visiting me, they're going to be like, I mean, again, this, this speaks to, like, absolute parent detachment of reality. So I think anyone listening to this of a certain age can appreciate it. And the parents are usually always coming from a good place, but they're not, they're not doing the kind of calculus any of us are doing about potentially like asking somebody out or dating somebody or whatever. So if, like a 50-year-old a woman could walk by in a visor in the front of my house with a dog and say hello. And my dad will be like, what's wrong with her? He'll be like, what, what the fuck are you talking about, man? You know." And it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. We go grab a couple cups of coffee and it's like a, a USC junior behind the counter. My dad will be like, she was cute. And it's just like, hey, relax, man. Like it doesn't, doesn't really work that way and, and whatever. So your parents... Because there's this family attachment, they're not thinking of like, hey, maybe this is, you know, our son thinks he can do better. Maybe our son doesn't really like her. Maybe you're hung up on somebody else. I mean, there's clearly some reasons why this hasn't been the girl, both prior to sleeping with her and after, which isn't the best time to be like, hey, you know what? I'm not super into this. Uh, But your parents are just going to look at it completely different than you are, but you just made it way worse. So I would give it a little time, man. I would kind of do the soft not interested as opposed to the abrupt let's get in front of this because she's living with your parents. She's probably going to tell her tell your mom, you know, uh, and you think
3: so you, that that they hooked up.
0: Some would some would. I don't Ooh, know. I hope not. you don't think any would uh, no, uh, some, some would, but that's I, for
3: sure. I, no, some would. I man, that's that's worse. That's really worst case scenario. <laughs>
0: Yeah, cuz then if you get your mom taking her side being like you get drunk, you sleep with her, and then you'd have to, you know, <laughs> then you're just like Jesus Christ.
3: I didn't raise you this way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like this is even worse than just not being interested in somebody. So, you know, not seeing your parents ever again. I would just I would just go into a cool down period here. I would I would go into a cool down period
3: like a soft uh, ghost.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can't. There's no full ghost version of this. Nope, it it can't. <laughs>
4: Holidays are coming,
0: <laughs> but here's the thing: you can't do it again, dude. You can't, and it sounds like you have it in you where you might do it again. So unless she's totally on the same page with you, but your parents like you can't be like, "Hey, mom, we're just banging after football
3: games when <laughs> we get
0: wasted." Like you get it.
3: <laughs> Come on, mom. Yeah, you get it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Dad knows. <laughs> And even though our parents are far more educated and all this shit, they were us at some point, which is one of the weird, you know, realizations when you like go from a kid, it was like, you know, your dad was like super into your mom at some point. Like, oh, that's, that's right. That's how this whole thing started. Uh, Those are just, those are just difficult conversations to have. I don't, I don't know that anybody's ever really nailed the. And yes, I'm sure there are examples where, where kids are super close and open with their parents about all their relationship adventures and the ups and downs of all these things. But it's going to be hard for you to tell your parents, Hey, I'm not super into her, especially if she already told them what happened. If she doesn't tell them what happened, then, you know, it's it, clearly they like this, this woman enough to keep pressing the issue uh, for a bunch of different reasons. So go ahead, guys.
4: You go ahead, Stop. Sweetie. I just want to hear what you say before I utter anything. No, I, there's really.
3: I, <laughs> I think I just said. I think the soft ghost is the way to go. Um, you know, don't be a dick. Uh, if she <laughs> reaches out to you, maybe answer one out of every three to four texts. Be kind of vague. <laughs> Make it pretty clear that you know it was a mistake. Don't be a
0: dick, but answer one out of four texts. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but
3: I mean, like, I think the, I think what you said about like just going in guns blazed and be like, sorry, this is this was a mistake. Well, it shouldn't have happened. I'm not into you. Like, don't do that, because then you know, then you're right. The whole family's gonna be mad at you and whatever. I mean, you, you know, you, you screwed up and I think that's the only real way to do this. And the only problem is like, you know, cause I think mom's they're you know, my mom's like this, like she just thinks that anyone that's alone or that doesn't, that isn't dating someone is like going to die alone and they get like paranoid and they get like ang- anxious about that. So like my mom would always try to hook me or my friends up with like random people at work. It's just the way that, that, it's, that that's not going to change. She's going to keep doing that. Um, but I think you have to make it pretty clear. Hopefully, hopefully the girl you hooked up with did not tell the mom. Because if she did, then you're definitely fucked. But if she didn't, I think there's a way you can play this and just kind of slowly wean off of her and not really give her the time of day. Wean off of her. But no, you don't have to give her the time of day. Like, just don't make make it very clear without being an asshole. You know, one or two word texts. You know, if she wants to call... And if she, only and, smoke when you drink 100 <laughs> and if and if she like calls you on it be like hey like we hooked up i'm sorry like i'm just i'm just not i don't want to date i'm not i'm not in that i'm not in that mode right now or like you're not for me i think it's a little bit weird the dynamic like you can make some excuse about it but i think you have to slow play it because if you hard play it then you're gonna then you have a problem with your mom and your dad and your family and you don't want to do that either
4: yeah i think th- the, the most important thing to remember is these are your parents so push comes to shove like they're stuck with you. So you can pretty much do whatever however however you want to tackle this. You're going to be okay. Like especially it's it's all better than just like ghosting your parents in addition to ghosting this girl. Like it <laughs> that's like the worst the package deal ghost where you just your parents are gone. I mean, you, you, I think I think just the the faster you can make it normal and the less you could care, sometimes shit is so uncomfortable, it's actually comfortable. Sometimes you can just kind of throw throw away all that stuff in your head, and and it's actually pretty liberating when you're just like, listen, uh, it is going to be what it's going to be. And you and once you can remember this is your family, and, and and you know push comes to shove, you do win. I think I think you'd be surprised at how like li- little you'll care about it. And and just I'm not going to get too much into it, but I just I want you to remember sometimes shit is so uncomfortable that it's actually kind of comfortable. So um just just try that. I wouldn't not go to your parents' house. I would just at, at the end of the day, you have all the cards. Uh, they're your parents. You know, you could drop in whenever you want and um, she won't, she won't be there forever. Yeah. You're the victor. <laughs> uh, the
0: yeah, the last thing on this, I think some people be like, you don't have to be that harsh about, it. but here's what I've learned through all of my life's experiences. When you're the person that's not interested in the other person, no matter what you do, it's all going to be fucking wrong. So yeah. like if you slow play that you're not interested, um, she'll be like, you know, this whole time you couldn't just fucking tell me. And then if you tell her immediately, should go, you know, a week after we sleep together after a game and I'm living with your parents, you fucking just tell me immediately you're not interested in me, you know? And so there's there's no one, you know, people could say, like, oh, just be straight up, let everybody know how you feel. Actually, people don't want you to be straight up. Trust me. All right. Trust me on me being so direct over the years that a lot of times people don't want you to be as direct as everybody pretends that they're going to be, you know? Like, oh, well, you know, season tickets, and then we go out after and you're the one that wanted to get a drink and it just goes on and on and on. And you're just like, all right, you know, so there's not, I'm not, I'm just telling you, it's not a great way to land this plane.
4: Yeah. Be nice uh, to her and don't do anything you don't want to yeah, do.
0: Don't be an asshole. You seem like you're
4: going to like her. She's
0: around the family and all that stuff. It's like, it's not that she, you're the one that fucked up. Sort of.
3: That's why the soft ghost just act like you're really busy. Don't have time.
4: I'd say you could probably okay. even sleep with her
3: again if you wanted to.
4: All right. Dave, there you go. Kyle. <laughs> Just as long as as long as she sees your attitude about it, and you're just not like you know, you're all right. Let's let's read one that's not going well for the
0: guys. Uh, big fan of the pod twenty four five nine. Squats, benches, and deadlifts. Great. I've always enjoyed lifting, but recently became afraid of injuries. And I'm trying to mix under other, other activities. Let me know your favorite form of cardio. We'll let you know. Huge sports, yeah. Huge, <laughs> huge sports fan. It doesn't really matter which sport we're talking about. I'll be watching and loving it. Met a girl earlier this year. She's also a huge sports fan and is pursuing a career in sports. We became good friends who would often watch sports and hang out. We'd often go to my apartment or the local establishment of note. Typical night might be to go grab a drink, come back to my place and watch a game, and then walk her home. I'm typically holed up watching sports in my apartment, so this has been a change of pace. I enjoyed having someone to watch with, and we text pretty regularly about sports news and whatever else we had going on. As you might guess, I am definitely into this girl. Who would have thought? Probably Mm. all of us reading this email. Um, I never really pried into it, but we both seem to not be seeing anyone over the course of this year. Okay, all right. So you're watching games there. She's coming to your house. You're going to her house. You're walking her home. It's been going on for a year. You grab a drink. You text about a ton of shit, and you didn't know if she was or wasn't seeing somebody? Mm. Red
3: flag. Yeah. Does she not have an Instagram? Like, I'm confused.
0: Well, she's a female trying to get into sports, so do they have Instagrams usually? (laughs) 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 I thought about asking her out, but I tried to be cognizant that as an attractive woman in sports, this happens all the time and it's probably super annoying. Right. And then you'll have the ones be like, no one ever asks me out. Like, yeah, that's probably not true. So I held my tongue and went on as normal, uh, but I also felt like the regularity with which we hung out with each other uh, without others around was unusual in all honesty there's no other person guy or girl who i'd want to see or attempt to see this often in a one-on-one setting oh that's great i eventually built up my nerve and figured out at some point have to see what's going on here so i asked her out i of course tried to do so in a very uh in a way that was very respectful of our existing friendship and was minimizing the potential fallout as you might guess from the fact that i'm sitting here writing this email i'm not on a date with her I was met with an unambiguous, stone-cold rejection. So Ryan, Saruti, and Kyle, am I an idiot? On the one hand, this was probably super annoying and uncomfortable for her coming from someone she values as a friend and wants to hang out. On the other, sometimes you need to shoot your shot, and this was a fairly unusual situation where I did feel like there was a chance. Should I have just accepted this for what it was and not said anything? Further, have I just fed the classic dynamic that makes working at sports as a woman so difficult? No. A, a guy that was in the friend zone for a <laughs> year on. that she was texting with, inviting over, and going yeah. over to his house that finally, after a year, said, Would you like to grab a drink sometime? Yeah, you're not that systematic what makes problem. With yeah, yeah, yeah. Right.
3: Maybe you should have given it another year, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. you're not going to end up on <laughs> E60, dude. <laughs> I have yet to see how this plays out in terms of the friendship, uh, but can't say it's looking great. Yeah, all right. my My question would be. Is it not even close in the looks department? Like, be honest with yourself. I have to be honest with myself sometimes. I don't always like the answers. But is it not even close? And if it's not close, you know, and you have to ask, like, what's your history been? Would this be like a hundred point game for you? You know, like (laughs) dudes are talking about us 70 years later. If it would, then maybe that's why you threw her off. All right? We're just exploring all angles on this one. So please don't be bummed out by any of this stuff. But the fact that you never knew or never knew if she was dating or she apparently never cared if you were dating anybody, that's a bad sign. Because how are you talking about all the other things? How could it have never come up in all of this time? So, yes, she gives you that response because she never saw it coming. Never saw it coming. I tried to do this once. A lot younger, a lot younger. It wasn't with somebody in TV, because everybody'd be like, Oh, when you try to date Carissa, that did not happen. I figured if I was if I was too vague, people would just say that. No, no. It was somebody knew that I liked him, but it was friend zone and then it was, hey, I'll go for it. And it fucked it up for a little while. And then it was back on. And it was fine. Um and then she like slept with everybody I knew, so that was cool. <laughs> but this this dynamic like <laughs> all you have to do is, is come clean with hey look I'm sorry if I misread it you know I, I'm in this town you know maybe I don't know a ton of people I thought we got along and if you care about the friendship like that's the other thing you guys are. like what do you care the most about were you in this the whole time hoping that the romantic part of it would work out and I do feel like all of us, you know, I don't, it feels like it's more male related. We're like men are more likely to be friends with the thought down the road that it's all going to work out for them. but that's not exclusive to men. I think the ratio feels more like that's a male thing. Maybe that's just me talking from the perspective of a male. I could be wrong. I don't know what that ratio is perfectly. Like. And I think that the needle will tilt towards men going, I'm not just going to hang out with women the whole time without any opportunity whatsoever. We're some I think more women are more mature about it. They'd be like, yeah, I can just be friends with this guy. It doesn't mean I don't want to fucking sleep with him. So I uh, I don't know. I, I think you have to be honest about what your chances were. And then I think it's a pretty quick fix if you want it to be a quick fix. But if you really cared about the romantic part and it's going to be awkward for you to be hanging out and that could be her concern. Like you may have fucked it up. The only thing when you ask, like, am I an idiot? I don't think you're wrong to ask her out eventually. No. I think you should have gotten more information. I think you should have had a better perspective. <laughs> well, well, naive. You know, and yep. it, yeah, yeah. Maybe a little naive <laughs> on the whole thing. Um, if she's really attractive and she's on television and she's working in sports, like you you know, like you gotta you gotta know that like if you're fishing in those waters, there's athletes firing and all these different things. Like that, that it's a competitive world out there, my my fellow males. But uh, I don't think you're necessarily wrong. I think the only thing when you ask the question, like, am I an idiot? I think I, I just can't believe you wouldn't have more information and know kind of where her head was at and what was going on with all of her stuff. But I'd ask you, do you want to repair it to just get your friend back? Or do you want to repair it knowing that deep down you're still going to care about her all the time? And if it's the second one, she's probably going to pick up on that. And it'll never be the same. Sorry.
4: Yeah, I mean if she will watch a game with you, that's a great sign. Like, if you guys can get just back in a room together like normally, um, I think that's a great sign. I think you can see how that goes. And, you know, the cold rejection, I mean, I wish I had a little bit more information if she was just like, uh, no, and maybe like a little laugh or something. Like, like was it... It
0: seems pretty cold. You guys clearly smart. Well-written email.
3: Yeah.
4: Uh, what if it was just like, like, cold could be like, you must be joking sort of deal too. Which, I mean... I'm not saying it's over. It sounds like it's over, but I'm not saying like it's complete. Like, I just wish I had a little bit more because I think there's a difference between like being like, I mean, are you sure? Then like the other... Like those stories in movies that you see, like with some guy's parents and the mom's like, you know, your father back in 1972 asked me out and I told him no. I told him to get lost. And every day he would follow me home from work and ask me out until one day I said yes. And now we're married. Like, I I don't. Okay,
0: but was she a hot
4: on air sports
0: (laughs) (laughs) reporter?
4: I mean, but what's what's on air? I mean, are, are we working for our college station here? Like where he's 24. Right. I mean maybe that was the last guy i just mean like how like is this lady so successful that it's actually out of the realm of possibility i think a it'd be great to just get back in the room as friends gauge how that is i don't even know if that's happened yet and then if you guys are like laughing and joking around like i don't know maybe there's a way to bring it up in a way that you're not saying like hey will you go out with me again like maybe there's a different way to just gauge where you are there i just think i think If you can get back in the room with her under any circumstances, that's probably good because it sounds like that's what you want. And then you got to really be honest with how, how the vibe is, especially if somehow that could get like some weird path into getting brought up but not in a way of you asking her to go out with you again like just be like hey so that was weird last week huh I don't know there, there's got to be some sort, of <laughs> way, some sort of way where you like you could see hey, look good. Or- <laughs>
0: remember last week when I asked you out that was, that was fucking.
4: wait till there's like a block punt and be like oh it was, God, reminds me of last week <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I, don't know. I don't know I just think it'd be good for you to get in the room with her and just gauge them like I think because all the time that you're spending not hanging out with her in the way that you'd like to for that year you know I Who's think that's going <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: whatever. <laughs> Anything to add, sorry?
3: No, I think, I mean, I, I, it sounds like he could really beat himself up about this, of making the wrong decision. But at the end of the day, like, it's always going to be in the back of your mind that like, do I have a chance with this with this girl? Right. You could hang out with her and just, oh, it's great to be friends or whatever. But if that's in the back of your mind, that's going to eat at you for one year, two years, three years. You guys could like we could be 10 years from now. You guys could be like watching games together still or whatever. And if you didn't. She's married chance, on the cover of yeah. People magazine <laughs> yeah. with like
0: Cooper Rush and he's <laughs> going, are they friends?
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're. But you're al- like you're always going to be like, "Oh man, if I just had spoken up at some point. Well, at least yeah. you know now. You spoke yeah. up and it didn't work out. Like it's okay." And and as you said earlier, like you didn't it doesn't sound like you did anything like wrong. She just rejected you. So, I kind of feel like as shitty as it feels right now for you, and even if you do lose the friendship, it probably was worth just seeing what was up, you know? Cuz you you were it was going to eat at you for a while.
0: And now it's actually the best point of the whole thing. Like whatever whatever you don't like about how you feel right now, it's way better to get this over with and feel this now than this unknown and just hanging around no and
3: regrets, right. dude. Yeah,
0: there you go. Yeah. And if you all and, right, that's
4: and, life advice. Yeah, oh, yeah. never mind. Kyle still got Well, her. I was just going <laughs> to say, and if you can get back to hanging out and it does like she'll at least know that. And then who knows? Maybe uh, maybe your beard no, comes no. in one day. Like I'm hoping mine will. And it'll just she'll be like, hey, he's looking pretty good now. And I know he, he likes me and it, I know it's an option. I don't know. I'm just saying if you could get back into the friend. No. friend okay. I don't know.
0: I don't like any of that. We should have, we're leaving it in, but I don't think we should give any of people the false hope. Like I, 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 no. I personally never understand the he. Like Kyle was saying before, like he asked me out a hundred times and I said no, and I'm like, who the fuck asks anyone out that? I don't think times? that's
3: allowed anymore. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> there's some oh, rule now. Yeah, right. That's a different standard. Yeah. Well, he All said right. he was a lifter, right? Too. He, he was like doing you know he, he was trying to figure out was this the cardio guy he was like i'm trying to figure out what i what cardio no no I'm really good here.
0: numbers no really good numbers from this guy
3: i uh, was gonna say you two- can just get in like fucking ridiculous shape and like be the hottest version of uh, that you've ever been and still kind of like hang around the basket and see what's up and maybe like you never know maybe she'd be like oh i actually fucked up that guy's kind of in shape and he's he's fun to hang out with he watches games with each other like you never he know is
4: five nine though right yeah we need to be nicer <laughs> about kidding. that i'm kidding, on the
3: pod. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey it's above average man <laughs>
0: Well, this above average, really strong guy that doesn't pick up any any clues, (laughs) go get him, man. That's life advice. Thanks to Ceruti. Thanks to Kyle. uh, The Ryan Brasilia podcast. Please subscribe. Download regular Spotify.